This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins. Uh, boy, if if we could only share what happened uh, before this podcast actually started to record, it might melt your brain. But we are here. You can see the both of us. Hopefully, if you're watching, you can hear my voice. You will hear Greg momentarily, which I couldn't for about 45 minutes. But here we are. This episode, as always, is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket uh, from YouTube and YouTube TV. And AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Of course, Greg, uh, we are going to talk about the Patriots Eagles coming up on Sunday. We'll get through that game. We'll give you our pick, or at least one of us will give you our pick a little bit of tease there, but first let's start with the news of the past 24 hours. And that's Jack Jones. So Jack Jones, the charges were dropped. Uh, he gets one year probation and 48 hours of community service. Before we talk about the impact on the football field, Greg, just your thoughts overall with the decision by the DA to drop these charges and the fact that Jack Jones, he's a free man, doesn't have to worry about jail time. He's good to go. Look, I'm not a legal expert or anything. That's why I sort of stayed away from this whole thing. Um, you know, it just, it seems like, you know, he had a fall guy that said that they produced somebody that said it was my guns. He didn't know what was going on and it's hard to prove. It looked like that was going to be the, the defense. Um, that was really like the only defense and judging off of the prosecutor's comments about it. That's what it seemed that somebody said he didn't know I packed the bag. It was my fault. Um, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, if he was Joe Schmo public, do I think this happens? Probably not. Uh, but it sort of is what it is. Um, I still think, um, Separate from the legal issue, um, you know, I, if I were the Patriots, I would still send Jack Jones a message. I would make him inactive for week one, at least some sort of punishment, because, you know, this is this was a uh, an extreme error in judgment um, off of the suspension that he had at the end of his rookie season um, to do this. Like they just I think they need to send the kid a message. And um, I doubt that will happen. You know, it's it's not my football team. It's their football team. Um, but, you know, on the field, I expect him uh, I expect him to be out there. I don't think things will change. It'll be interesting to see where he is in the pecking order, whether he's two or three or, or what the deal is behind Gonzalez and John Jones, how Marcus Jones factors into that. Uh, but, you know, for now, uh, Jack Jones is fully ready to go for the Patriots. I'm so glad you started with, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know much about the legal world because I, I have heard some people who are trying to be district attorneys out there the last uh, day or so. I'm not going to touch that. All I'll say is like I was I was kind of surprised by other people being so surprised that he got a slap on the wrist. He's a celebrity. This happens all the time. Guys who have some kind of influence, women who have some kind of influence, whether it's, you know, they're movie stars or they're pro athletes or they know some. But this is what happens, you know, when, as Greg said, like if you're Joe Schmo, if you're Frankie in Foxborough, you're probably going to have to go through something more than Jack Jones did. But this is how it works. And this is how it works across the league and not only in the NFL and the NBA, just across everywhere. 
I mean, you have guys that get slapped on the wrist and women that get slapped on the wrist for things that they in other walks of life wouldn't. So did Jack Jones get off light? Yes. Just like pretty much every other professional athlete uh, and, and celebrity, unless you, you know, murdered somebody in cold blood, this is what happens. And to me, the biggest question, Greg, is not, oh, how did he get off and the DA and all that stuff? I know because, again, it's, that's just what happens in the real world. But the, the biggest question to me is kind of what you hit on late there, which is, you know, what will the Patriots do? Will they do anything? And most of all, for Jack Jones, will he learn from this? Because mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel, Greg, but he didn't seem like he had much contrition at all when people were asking him about it his activity on the field, some of the things that he did uh, post this incident for somebody you thought that might be acting like, Hey man, I'm, I'm right on the rails. I am doing everything I can to be the best teammate and, and person that I can be. He didn't always do that. So I'm just wondering, will this guy learn? He didn't learn obviously from the college days, mistakes and stuff that he did. Will this finally be the epiphany for him? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and we we haven't seen any change in his demeanor. Remember, he walked off the field or got kicked out of practice at one point at the Packers joint practices. He was the in the middle of everything. Um, he had the he had the really bad pass interference penalty in the last game. You know, it's still out there that you know. I mean, it's it's still true that he played a crap ton in the final preseason game. You know, why was that that? that sort of leads me to believe that, um, you know, maybe the, maybe the Patriots do decide to sit him down for one game. I have a hard time seeing that. Cause I think, you know, Bill's just about winning games and, you know, look, he's a football coach. Um, you know, and a lot of these guys aren't choir boys. I understand all that stuff. Um, I just think, like you said, you know, like I, there's no question that Jack Jones is extremely talented. There's never been any question about that going back to high school and college and his various stops and stuff like that. But at some point he's got to get the message. He's got, he's got to be a professional and you know, you don't have to be a choir boy, but you just have to be smart about it. And if, if he's just able to walk scot-free from this, which is where he is right now, is he going to learn or is he only going to be more emboldened to be like, you know, I can do whatever I want. So I don't know. It's a dangerous slope for the Patriots. He's a talented player. They need him. You know, he's one of the keys to this defense if they're going to be really good this season. And, you know, you just got to hope the Patriots make sure that his head is screwed on straight. And look, there is there's history with Jack Jones, but there's history with other players, too. You know, Quinn and Williams of the Jets. He was somebody who, you know, got caught felony count of possession of a weapon. Yep trying to board a flight at the airport. Same thing. This happened in October of 2020. So almost exactly three years ago, the Jets had to go through something like this with Quinn and Williams. And from what we know, Quinn and Williams hasn't really had many issues since then. I know he had something with the car, right? Wasn't he driving and had a weapon or something? But he's he's been able to keep himself on the football field is the point. And so there is a history of guys doing stuff across the league but then they figure it out, or at least they figure it out enough to stay productive and be an impact player, and the team doesn't have a big issue with it. So we'll see if that's what Jack Jones does or not and how the Patriots handle this. Now, on the field, Greg, the football impact of this, is, is this a big win for the Patriots? Because one of the things to me, I think it is, and I tweeted that out, that it's a huge win for them. Because one of the things that I think that we didn't spend a ton of time on 
is depth at cornerback. And if you took Jack Jones away from that equation, all of a sudden now you're depending on some other cats that you might not feel as confident in. Not to say that Jack Jones was fantastic in the preseason. You just mentioned he was God awful in the last one. But uh, the impact on the field, how big of a win is this for the team and for the secondary? Well, I mean, it depends what you thought the alternative was. I mean, if you thought he was going to jail or something like that, then yeah, it's a big win. I mean, I, I, I really stayed away from that because, you know, I've covered too many things in professional sports, too many legal situations where it's just like, you know, like it took like Johnny Jolly of the, the Packers, like forever to go to jail on drug, like serious drug charges. And so, you know, I, I never, I thought he was going to be playing at least this year. I never thought I wasn't one of these people who was like, oh, well, you know, he's got to serve jail time. These people weasel out of things. So, you know, I, I never thought that they were going to be without him for a long period of time. They could still be without him for a week or something. If the NFL decides to step in, I decide, I, I doubt that the NFL will do that now that the right. charges have been dropped. But, I, you know, you, you never know with the NFL. You really never know. And, and guns seem to be becoming a problem in this league again. And you're just waiting for the right case where Goodell sort of steps in and makes a um, an example of somebody. Could be Jack Jones. Could be the next guy. I don't know. But, you know, look, uh, Jack Jones is important to this team. They don't have much depth uh, at cornerback at all. I mean, when you're talking about Sean Wade and Amir Speed being the next cornerbacks up, like, good luck. Um, Yikes. Those guys, should, those guys shouldn't be on a roster, really. Um, but, you know, maybe this – maybe Jack Jones's future being solidified makes them let go of one of those guys or, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't think this is the case because of how he handled it, like you and I talked about a few minutes ago, like the lack of contrition and all of that and his his swagger was there. Maybe you could say possibly, probably a stretch, but maybe his focus was impacted during camp and maybe his focus was impacted by the stuff that was happening off the field at times. And maybe you didn't see the best of Jack Jones because of that. And now that it's hopefully behind him fully, he'll have that focus. But I think the jury is still out depth wise. I do think it's, it's good for the Patriots. All right, let's uh, let's jump into this season. Now, again, we'll talk about the Eagles in a little bit, but Greg wants to talk about kind of the bigger picture outlook of this team as we're on the precipice of, of week one game one Sunday 425 Tom Brady day yada yada we know the drill uh, and we want to start positive wet blanket Greg wet blanket Bedard wants to start positive today with this team so Greg let's go one two three here we'll alternate you and I uh, three things that give you confidence in this team so if you're a Patriots fan right now and you're sitting there thinking about how this season is going to go three things that make you confident in this team, Greg, what's one of your three sub package rush with Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Christian Barmore. And I will assume Keon white. I think that's going to be, you know, on paper, that's a formidable group that presents matchup issues for an offensive line. Who do you double somebody? A lot of people are going to get singled up. You're talking about, you know, pr all four guys can defeat one-on-one. -on -one blocking which is really good I mean I'm a little bit worried heading into the season about Barmore he didn't have much of a summer at all um, you know maybe he was pacing himself maybe they were you know working his way through his knee or foot or whatever was bothering him last year but you know on paper 
those four guys are very formidable sub package rush. And I feel good about that. Yeah. I'm going to copy you. One of my three was pass rush. Uche, Judon, Wise, White, Barmore. If he gets it going, I think they could do some things blitz wise. They got, you know, a, a lot of versatility on that, you know, second level, if they use Mapu there and, you know, I think you can do some funky stuff. Uh, as well, if you need to do some funky stuff, but I don't know if they'll need to. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, confident that they'll be able to get to the quarterback at a decent rate this year with the guys they have up front. So I'm with you on that one. All right, uh, number two, number two thing that you're confident in, David Andrews. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of moving pieces with the offensive line, but I have the utmost confidence in David Andrews. Not only with his level of play, I think he's chronically underrated uh, as a center. Um, as as a player on this team uh, around the league as well. You know, Cole Strange, he's got both guards coming back. There could be sort of a rotation as these guys get up to game speed in the first couple of weeks. But, you know, David Andrews being there with Mac Jones, uh, leading this offensive line group, um, it, it gives me it gives me a lot more confidence than, say, like they had some, you know, rookie like Jake Andrews or somebody at center. Like, I think... David Andrews will give the Patriots the best chance to be a, uh, a good offensive line at some point this season. I'm going to go with uh, the Zeke Mondre one, two punch in the backfield. I feel pretty good about these guys. I think they'll run the ball effectively. I think Zeke will get, you know, 10 to 13, 14 touches and Stevenson will, will handle the rest. Uh, I think they'll be better in short yardage. I think they'll be better in the red zone. They'll be better on the goal line. They'll be able to protect Mac, at least from their position. They can't do everybody's job up front, but I feel pretty good about this. Uh, C Zeke Stevenson one, two punch in the backfield. I think uh, Patriots will be able to run the ball pretty well this year. Number three for you. Yeah, that's a good call. And, and I, I agree with you on that. I wish I would have thought of it, but number three for me is Hunter Henry. I think that he is he's primed to have a good season. Um, he has a great rapport with Mac Jones. Uh, I look at him as one of the sort of uh, the ability to be a little bit of a difference maker as far as the offensive weapons on this team, especially in week one. I think the middle of the field is something that they could target against the Eagles. Um, so, you know, I'm just looking for, you know, things that I know that that Mac Jones can find comfort in on offense. And Hunter Henry is one of those guys. I'm going to go with something that would have been absolutely bananas last year to say, but the coaching staff pretty confident if, if, if Belichick is going to be CEO Belichick and focus on the things that you have brought up before, Greg, we had this conversation about bringing in Bill O'Brien months ago and the idea of how that opens up Bill Belichick to be Bill Belichick and to make sure some of those things that we've seen fall through the cracks not fall through the cracks this year. So I, I think the coaching staff with Belichick, the CEO, Bill O'Brien running the offense, Mayo, Steve Belichick running the defense. And also something that I would not overlook is Joe judge who look, I've criticized them. Greg's criticized them. We know what he doesn't do well at the NFL level as a coach, but what he has done a pretty good job of is special teams. And so I, I think with O'Brien Belichick, and then little Belichick, Mayo, and Joe Judge, uh, you have uh, a hell of a lot better chance coaching-wise uh, to win football games than you did a year ago. So I'll, I'll go with the coaching staff and the confidence in, in those gentlemen. 
All right, before we get to uh, three things that worry you, because that's what we do here, right? We don't just sugarcoat stuff. We don't just kill things. We give you the, the pretty fair look at this team. Before we get to the three things that worry you, staying on the optimistic side, Greg, path to a playoff berth. If I asked you, how do the Patriots find their way into the playoffs? What does that look like for you, 2023 New England Patriots? First and foremost, Nick, the, the offensive line has to come together quickly. Now, does it have to be week one against the Eagles? Um, no. But, you know, let's say we get in a situation where, you know, Trent, Jones, uh, Trent Brown seems to be in a good place. You know, let's just say that Cole Strange and Michael Wenu prove that in today's NFL, you don't need a lot of camp, even for an offensive line. Um, that you don't need playing time in the preseason. I mean, the Eagles don't – they do even less than the Patriots do. Their starters didn't play at all. Um, they don't practice all that hard. Now, it works for them. I don't know why it hasn't worked for the Patriots. But, you know, let's just say that, you know, the guards are able to, you know, no problem in week one. You have David Andrews, and they figure out, you know, right tackle. I do think Vidarian Lowe, out of the two tackles that they traded for, I do think the Vidarian Lowe is, is, has the potential to be a good player and sort of a plug-and-play offensive tackle. Now, I know nothing about his mental capabilities and how he's going to pick up the system and, and all that stuff. I have no idea about that. But physically, to me, he looks like a Patriots right tackle and, and has a chance to be a decent one. So if that offensive line solidifies early and they're able to hit the ground running, I still think, yes, it's a huge problem. Where they are is not ideal at all. And are, are, were they throwing crap against the wall to solidify the offensive line in late August? Yeah. But still, on paper, if it all comes together quickly – I think they have the best line in, in the division, and that gives them a huge leg up. The second thing with that, it, it coincides, is that the quicker the line is solidified, the quicker Mac Jones gets confidence and hangs in the pocket and, and just is able to stay with the play and get the, get the ball down the field. If, if, the, if the offensive line is a complete crap show, especially for multiple games early on in the season – that speeds up the quarterback. He doesn't have confidence. He's bailing out or all that stuff. We, we see it all the time. But if the protection's good early, I think Mac Jones is early. He's pinpoint down the field. The lack of separation doesn't bother him because he has confidence in the line. He throws it up. He does back shoulders, all that stuff. And then the third part for me is the secondary's lights out. I think there are some big question marks in the secondary from the you know rookie Gonzalez to Jack Jones to what Jonathan Jones is going to look like coming back after missing a lot of last year. And plus, you know, what they're going to do with free safety. But if those things get answered quickly and they're good, then, you know, all those three three things combined, you know, the Patriots are in good shape, I think. All right. So I think you've got to be a top five to eight defense. I don't think this team has a good enough offense, even with a, a solid O-line if things go well. Up front, I don't think this offense is explosive enough or good enough to win, right? Like to, to say, all right, well, our defense fell back to 10, 12, 15 in the league, and our offense needs to make that jump to be a top 10 to 12 offense. I think you've got to have a top five to eight defense. If you're in that range, you feel pretty good. You need to be healthy Just across the board. Like offensive line, Strange, Owenu, Andrews, they all have injury histories. You know, Trent Brown has a little bit of a history as well. 
So, you know, can they stay healthy up front on that offensive line? Can they stay healthy at wide receiver? Heard Mike Reese on, you know, uh, Zolak and Bertrand yesterday say that he didn't think Devontae Parker necessarily looked great when he came back to practice this week after missing a couple of a couple of practices last week. So are they are they healthy enough at wide receiver? Because once you start to tick down and and have to rely on the pop Douglases of the world and Kayshawn booties, now you're asking those rookies to do a hell of a lot more tight end. Can you stay healthy at tight end? Hunter Henry has a little bit of a history. Kasiki already got banged up during camp. So you're going to have to stay healthy. You're also going to have to have a quarterback that levels up. You're going to have to have Mac Jones be even better than he was in his rookie season. He's got the coordinator now. I think he's got good weapons, not great. If that offensive line, again, off of my premise, if that offensive line is healthy and they're solid, then you need Mac to level up. And finally, I would just say less freaking mistakes and bad football, man. Less moments where I'm watching this team on Sunday going, what the hell was that? And how in the hell could that happen? Less flags. I want the operation to look clean. And I, I don't expect wide receivers to be running into each other this year and the spacing to be terrible. Turnovers, you know, turnovers. Don't turn the football over. Run the operation relatively clean. Don't have stupid penalties. Don't have 12 guys on the field multiple times this year. If you take care of those things, I think you got a shot. All right, before we get to uh, three things that Patriots fans should be worried about when looking at this football team, Greg, let's first tell people what they should not be worried about when they're looking around to try to put some schadol on some games this year. And that, of course, our friends at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. I love those little suckers. I use them all the time, <laughs> especially now the football season's coming up. Just use them all the time. It's free money, and you can make money off it. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. By the way, I did this. I... I Placed a few early season, what I guess you would call seasonal NFL bets. Yeah. Um, and there it popped futures. up right into my email. Yeah, some futures popped up right into my email. 100 bucks off YouTube. Uh, so, and, and that's where you're going to get Sunday ticket this year. Not on your TV or, you know, you're going to need it through YouTube. That's the only place to get it this year. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of NFL. Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. First line on, first online, real wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See, see terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds, terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of pay payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews cancel anytime. I'll tell you what about FanDuel. I'm back in Massachusetts. I couldn't do anything in California. I'm back here. I'm in Foxborough now. Happy to be home. 
And uh, one of the things I'm happiest about is the fact that I could actually partake in FanDuel. I had some future bets last week that I put down. Uh, so I'm happy about that. Check out FanDuel. All right, so we went over three things that you should be confident in if you're a Patriots fan, Greg, heading into the season. Now let's look at the wet blanket side of Bedard. Let's talk about three things that you would be worried about, starting with one of the three on your list. Offensive line in general. And Adrian Clem, um, just based off of the preseason and what I saw in practice, and, and look, it's not a good look at it it's not a detailed or anything like that but just you know little things I didn't I didn't like some of the fundamentals I didn't see a lot of improvement on the offensive line you know in the preseason game when watching the coaches film so you know is Adrian Clem a stickler for the details like I hoped he would be at this point I would say no but again like I said it's incomplete but just the offensive line in general I mean you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that Trent Brown is you know, either has an attitude issue or gets hurt, which, you know, then you're left with Calvin Anderson and whatnot uh, at left tackle, um, maybe Tyrone Wheatley Jr. And, you know, that the guards aren't ready to go for a while or maybe Cole Strange just isn't healthy the whole year. Um, Awenu, I guess I have a little bit more confidence in. And, you know, right tackle is just they never get it fixed. Um, you know, so you're worried about that. Um What's your number one worry on this team? I assume yeah, I mean, it might be the that, same thing. Yeah, it's it's the 5,000-pound, big, fat-ass elephant in the room. It's the offensive line. And Owenu coming off of surgery, David Andrews' concussion history, uh, Cole Strange's injury, keeping him off the field the entire preseason. Trent Brown, if he's not dinged up, is he going to actually be engaged? Is he going to embrace the idea of, of walking into the final year of his contract? I don't think he got that, you know, maybe a little bit of a bump or whatever that Judon got that we thought he might be trying to angle for. So will he be there all season long? And and what happens at right tackle? I'll give you another thing here on the list. I'll give you a second thing on my list. And that's I kind of mentioned this earlier, Greg, just the lack of explosiveness on offense, the lack of speed. That could be a concern because we've talked about it before. Most of these receivers outside of pretty much Pop Douglas and, and sometimes Kendrick Bourne, but, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker and, you know, can they get separation consistently? And, and do they have that extra gear athletically and speed-wise to be an explosive offense, which in 2023 is pretty damn critical in the NFL? Yeah, that's that was exactly my number two, Nick. I have written no separation or explosiveness among the targets. I mean, it could be – and you combine – the line thing with that you're talking, you know, disaster. It's almost back to like last season, but you're right. I mean, all summer, you know, outside of pop Douglas and, you know, Taekwon once in a while, and he's going to be out at least the four first four weeks. Um, you know, I could see separation being a big issue for this team and, you know, is Mac going to throw it into those windows or, you know, is he going to hold the ball and, or take sacks? Like it's just, um, you know, you got to invest. You got to be better on offense. And so you need really good protection for your quarterback. I mean, look at the Eagles on the other side. Great offensive line, great weapons. And, you know, not coincidentally, great offense, you know, overall. So, yeah, that's a big worry of me, mine. All right. Give me, give me a third one. Give me a third worry. Uh, that the Patriots defense really isn't any better against top cornerba- uh, quarterbacks. That, 
you know, Christian Gonzalez, while talented, he's still a rookie. He's not quite ready for prime time as a number one bona fide cornerback. That could be the case. Uh, that Jack Jones gets targeted by his uber aggressiveness. Mike Giardi talked to a personnel guy, and he's like, you know, he basically said that, you know, we're, we're, we would go after his ass. That, yeah, he's going to make a play on you, but he's going to give up two or three at the same time, which has pretty much been Jack Jones to this point in his career. And, um, you know, in that free safety is kind of an issue that they're, you know, they, that they don't get the pass rush going against the better offensive lines and the quarterbacks are able to pick them apart in the secondary. I think that's been pretty much who they've been probably the last three or four or five years on defense. And if that continues, uh, you know, I think they're going to have a tough time. I'll, I'll uh, follow up on, on your concern and say the run defense, you know, you're going to rely on a couple of guys in the middle of that defensive line, namely Devon Gotchow, you know, is their run defense going to fall apart? Cause if, if their run defense isn't good, now you get all sorts of problems because that just opens up another can of worms. So maybe I'm shook too much by that green Bay preseason game or whatever it was. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm kind of got PTSD after watching that, but their run defense has to be good. Um, I think they can get there. I think they, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd say probability, but at least the possibility that they figure things out. If, if God Chow is the guy that Belichick said he was, uh, you know, a year or two ago. And if Barmore shows up consistently, I'd feel better about it. But I, th I think there's some question about that run defense to start this season. All right. Before we get to the AFC East, before we get to a, a preview of the Eagles game, let's talk about X factors. I know, Greg, you got three guys on your list. I got three guys on my list. Let's start with your list. So uh, the three X factors for me, um, Christian Gonzalez, number one, uh, I think that if he's really good, if he's like borderline defensive rookie of the year good, that opens up a ton of possibilities for this defense. They can play m more man coverage. That frees up people to blitz. It just makes things a lot easier. Marte Mapu is my second one. I'll be interested to see what they ask him to do in week one based off the Packers preseason game. He's ready to cover people one-on-one, -on -one, but as far as free safety and things like that, I think it's going to be a work in progress, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, go get Dallas Goddard in, in passing situations. And, and yeah. that would be a great thing for them. So if he's really good and can cover backs and tight ends better where they've had issues, it makes them much better. And then, Devonte Parker, uh, you know, there are times when he does dominate. Um, he has the potential to dominate uh, not a burner, but really good in the air physical. If he's that guy consistently for 17 games, which is a long shot given his history. But if he is, I think this, it makes the, the offense a lot, a lot more dangerous. I like your three. I'll give you my three. Number one, I'm going to go with Pop Douglas, and part of this is, and I'm not telling you he's going to catch 90 footballs, but part of this is what Greg and I talked about earlier on this podcast, which was the idea of the lack of speed, but the lack of, you know, athleticism and, and just overall, no pun intended, pop to this offense. Well, Demario Douglas can, can hopefully bring some of that. He's going to be your gadget guy, I think. He, he brings that quickness. He brings some separation off the, uh, off the line. He's fast. So if he could all of a sudden be, let's say he jumps to your, you know, third receiver, 
whether it's jumping over Juju because he might have a knee issue pop up or he jumps over Parker because Parker is in and out of the lineup and he's dealing with soft tissue injuries or he jumps over Kendrick Bourne because Bourne doesn't necessarily actually prove to be the guy we hope he is this year. I think Bob Douglas can help out and be an X factor. Calvin Anderson, biggest question to me of this offensive line is obviously right tackle. If Calvin Anderson can prove himself to be worthy after this sickness, getting back on the field and shout out to him. Cause again, I said this last week sounded like he was really, really banged up and, and had a pretty serious issue. So great to see the guy actually being able to get back on the field, first of all, but if he can not only get on the field and be productive at that right tackle spot, now all of a sudden your offensive line falls in line and Darian Lowe and those other guys, you know, Moffy and, and Wheatley. Now you have some pretty good young developmental talent behind a solidified O-line, which would be absolutely fantastic. So I think Anderson right tackle could be a, a big, big deal if he is that answer in that spot. And finally, just because I know Greg loves his special teams, just because I know people get all lathered up about special teams, Chad Ryland. Now, I will tip my cap to Nick Folk. Fantastic job the last couple of years. We know you don't have a lot of leg. That's fine, Nick. You did what you could do, my friend. But this team, I don't think, Greg, is going to be a team that's putting up 35 spots every week. You're going to have, I think, a number of close games. You're not going to run away from a lot of teams. And with that in mind, if we're talking about a team that has to consistently win within three points to six points, your kicker better be consistent. Your kicker better be the guy. And I know he can boom it, okay? I know he can boom it. He can kick it, you know, 50-plus yards. Fantastic. But if he's kicking it 40 yards wide left from 55, I couldn't care less. Is he going to be consistent for this team? Is he going to be the guy? He doesn't have to be as great as Nick Folk, but is he going to when he walks on that field? Okay, let's, let's just kind of picture this. Week one, Eagles, close game, fourth quarter. You need a field goal to tie the game. Is Ryland that guy who you feel as a Patriots fan – confidence in that he's going to walk on that field and take care of that kick. That's a big issue with a team with, you know, I think a very small margin for error. It's a big deal if your kicker's not good. So he better be consistent and he better help this team win games like Nick Folk did. All right. Before we get to the AFC East and a quick look at this uh, Eagles game coming up on Sunday, Greg, uh, we, of course, have our friends at AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Let's jump to this division now because uh, people are, are talking about this division like it, it's going to be the greatest division in football history. A lot of talk about the Jets. I, I'm just you know, wondering if the Jets are going to go undefeated by some of the stuff I hear about this team. Uh, but, but let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this AFC East, Greg. How do you see it stacking up here? We get to uh, week 16, 17, 18. How do you think this thing lines up? I know I'm totally going to regret this, but I'm going with the Jets. (laughs) I'm going with the Jets. I just think they're, I just think they're, they're just too good. I mean, especially the Dalvin cook edition, you know, gives them the potential to be really balanced. Um, I think they're, their cornerback, but we, you know, we talk about the Patriots like have the potential to be maybe good at cornerback. I mean, you know, when, when you're talking about, you already have sauce Gardner, who's just, you know, incredible and DJ Reed already, uh, you know, it's just, 
I just think their their defense is all their linebackers are great. Like I, I just think the Jets are they're the best team to me on paper. I think Rodgers is going to be re, reinvigorated. You know, uh, change of scenery is good. I think he's going to be really good. You know, of course, you know, watch the left tackle and probably Mackay Becton and Rodgers all get hurt in week <laughs> one and they're never heard from again. But I'm going with the Jets. I think they're the best. I think the Bills are going to take a step back. Um, I think they had their shot. I think there's just some uneasiness about the Bills. Um, you know, when I have questions, I think they're getting old on defense. Um, I don't think they're great at cornerback. Um, and their safeties are getting older. They have to replace their linebackers other than Milano. And I've never been a huge guy about him. So, but I think the it, it's Josh Allen is still just, he's uber talented and you can p- pretty much pencil them in for 10 wins. Like, you know, every season that he's healthy, um, you know, sort of like latter day Tom Brady. And then I have the dolphins and Patriots tied um, for third slash last in the AFC East. Um, I, you know, I like a lot of what the dolphins are doing. I like the, I love the Vic Fangio edition on defense and the defense was their Achilles heel. Um, but I, I just can't, I'm not sold on Tua staying healthy. I got to see it to believe it, to believe in them. I can't go wishing on it. And yeah, you know, they got more as the backup and that's better than what they had last year. But I, uh, you know, I just can't see it. And, and I just, you know, Belichick freed up to do his thing this year instead of worrying about the offense and, and that therefore the defense and special teams slacking off. I think that helps the Patriots, you know, more. I still think they're, they're similar. Both teams are similar around nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and 10, that area. Uh, but, you know, tough, tough schedule for the whole division. I mean, you yeah. know, I, it's, it's, it's going to be, not only are they going to beat each other up, but they got a lot of tough, games just on the schedule with the intra-division stuff uh so that's the way i see the afc east no uh i do think the bills won't be as good as they've been the past couple of years but i still think they're the best team in the division and when we talk about this when we say on paper i know some people say on paper well hey what the hell that's all we got right now is the damn paper until they start actually playing football all greg and i has have the paper we just we got so what's on paper what's on paper you're talking talent uh it was interesting today uh, a report, you know, McDermott, Sean McDermott saying that Micah Hyde's dealing with a back injury that recently popped up. So keep an eye on that. Greg mentioned, you know, Micah Hyde and, and, and Poyer and on the back end of that defense. So, you know, is that going to be an issue? Uh, I do have the Jets second, and it's not because I'm sitting here going crazy and doing jumping jacks like everybody is about Aaron Rodgers and this team. But I do think they, they have talent on paper. And I do think they're, they're better than, than the Patriots and the Dolphins. Could that crumble? Yes. Uh, the one thing I, I think all of us have to keep an eye on is we, we get wrapped up in the bubble of New England because that's what we pay attention to the most. We care about the Patriots the most. It's our job to break it down. We get paid to do that, Greg and I, fortunately. So that's what we do here. And everybody's talking about the Patriots' schedule. Look at the Jets' schedule. Look at what mm-hmm. they got to start off with, okay? They, they got to play Buffalo on Monday night. Then they go to Dallas. Then they got New England. Then they got the Chiefs. Then they got to go to Denver. Then they come back and play Philadelphia. So Buffalo, Dallas, Kansas City, the Eagles, those are four of your top contenders in the NFL this year. Jets got to play those four teams in the first six weeks. Their easiest game on the schedule is probably – 
depending on how you feel about Denver, you'd probably say the Patriots because the Jets are home in week three against the Pats. But that schedule is really tough. And it'll be fascinating, Greg, because of all the pomp and circumstance surrounding this team with the hard knock stuff and Rodgers telling me about UFO sightings and all that good stuff. And Robert Sala just absolutely in love with his quarterback. All this talk, all this talk about, it it reminds me, the talk, not how this team was built, but the talk reminds me of the Eagles dream team from back in like Mm -hmm. 2010 or whatever it was. A lot of talk about how talented this team is. Well, if they start off two and four, it's going to be very interesting to see how Captain Rogers handles that and how that affects the rest of the team. Because right now, everybody's throwing their flowers at Rogers. Right now, it's the honeymoon phase. They get off to a two and four start, and that offensive line's a little bit shaky. And Rogers looking around a little bit, getting pissed. Then we'll see what they do. If they start off, I'll look at it the other side fairly. If they start off four and two or five and one, they're off to the races. So it'll be fascinating to see the first six weeks of the season, how they handle that. I got Bills, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins. Uh, I am scared of Tua's health if I'm Miami. I know he took jujitsu courses in the offseason and all that shit, but is, is that guy going to be able to stay healthy? We'll see. All right. Uh, Greg is not going to give you his season prediction on this podcast because, A, Greg doesn't like me, and so he's he's running away from giving you the best content on this podcast. B, uh, he wants you to take a look at BSJ. So on Sunday, Greg is going to have uh, his prediction of the game. Okay, so that's going to happen. Prediction of the game will be on the website. Prediction of the season. So my season column, my season prediction. So I was right the first time. The prediction of the season. I'll figure it out. Post-COVID, excuse. I had it for two weeks. So it's going to be the season prediction. So I was right. Season prediction. So Greg's not going to give that to you right now because, again, he hates me, and B, he wants to go to BSJ. But here's the thing. I will give you my prediction. I'm giving you eight wins. Now, I'm kind of fluctuating between eight and nine. I'm, like, waffling. I'll tell you why I I sit at eight. Because in my mind, Greg, if this team is fully healthy – and things click again, they're healthy. The operation has run well. I think they could win 10 games. So it was a little strange to me to say, well, nine wins, but if everything goes really well, they could win 10 games. It's like, okay, one game difference between those two. So I feel, you know, I'll, I'll lean towards eight wins on the season. I think if, if things are not great from a health standpoint, you could see this team end up at seven wins. Um, but I, I feel like eight's a fair number. The ceiling to me is 10. The floor to me is I can't imagine they'd you know, win less than six games. So that's that's kind of where I am. And, and, you know, I've mentioned this before. I was on EEI a few years ago, and it was, you know, the first year post-Brady, and people were losing their minds. And uh, I, I try to explain back then, like, this is just the NFL, folks. And Greg's covered it for a long time. He's older than me. And if you look at the league – You got usually when you walk into a season, you usually have five or six teams that you say those guys could win the Super Bowl. Those guys are legit contenders. And then you've got five teams that you usually look at and say they suck. And and I don't mean like the Felger. They suck. I'm not talking about seven, eight wins suck. I mean, suck, suck, like really suck. Four wins suck. Three wins suck. 
those guys, those teams have a great opportunity to, at a top five pick. So you got the top five contenders, you got the top, you know, five picks, that rat race at the bottom. And then you really got 20 to 22 football teams in the middle. And, and there's not a big difference. I'm telling you, I've watched a lot of football over the last decade all across the league because of what I've done for the live for a living. Thankfully, I've watched a lot of teams. I've watched a lot of football. There's not a huge difference between teams that win seven games and nine or 10 games. There's really not. The Patriots could have won 10, 11 games last year. They could have won six or seven games last year. It that big fat middle of the league is where this team is. And that's not where you want to be because you feel like you're stuck in purgatory, but that's kind of where they are. They could go down to seven wins. They could have as many as 10 wins and slide into the playoffs. Um, but that's, that's just the reality of the NFL. All right. Week one preview. Let's talk about our pick. Greg is going to give you this pick because he now likes me and he's going to, uh, he's going to give you the pick. And then we're also, while we give you the pick, we're going to obviously talk about the game a little bit, a little bit of a scouting report, the Eagles. Um, before we get into the pick itself, I will tell you that it's Philly, according to our friends at FanDuel. Again, check them out. Philly minus three and a half. The over-under is 45. Greg, first, looking at this game, Eagles, let's kind of look at, from the Patriots' standpoint, I think the one thing that I love about this game is that this is really the ultimate test for this defense right out of the gates. They are going to be tested, right? You've got a top quarterback who happens to be mobile, which has been a big issue, which was one of the things that you mentioned earlier. And you and I have talked about ever since the beginning of this podcast, three years ago, they've had trouble with mobility at that position. You've got a mobile quarterback, a really good quarterback. Um, Read Mike Giardi at BSJ. Mike thinks he might be the greatest quarterback of all time. I kid and jest, Mike, <laughs> relax. Um, but they're also, they could run the football partially because of Hurts. They were number five in the NFL last year in rushing yards. They've got A.J. Brown. They've got Demonte Smith. And, and Devontae's no joke. And they've got, I think, if not the best offensive line in the game, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Greg, if we want to know how good this defense is from day one, we're going to find out on Sunday. Yeah. To me, Nick, there is the Patriots have no excuse not to announce their presence with authority as a defense. I mean, if if they truly are uh, a burgeoning elite defense or they were even good last year and they're even better this year. And we talk about the pieces. They got Gonzalez and they got Keon White and they got Marte Mapu and they got, you know, this and that. And you've had all summer to get ready for this Eagles offense. Like if, if they were playing them in week 10 and got steamrolled, I'd be like, all right, this is, this team's a tough team to get, get prepared for with all they do with, you know, the plus one run game, which means, you know, the quarterback's involved because you got to count for him as a ball carrier. Whereas a guy like Mac Jones, you don't have to count for him. It's a pain in the rear end. The Patriots have had months to get ready for this. They have worked on it. Even in the preseason game, if you watch yep. the Packers preseason game, the way they, they didn't rush the quarterback, that was to get ready for Philly. They have Malik Cunningham here to be the scout team quarterback, to get them at least a look at a mobile quarterback and how they do things. And so to me, if the Patriots defense is not really good in this game and really good against this deep, this offense to me is, you know, mid twenties, if they can hold them, you know, 24 points or below, 
to me, that's a good outing. Anything below 20 is awesome. Like, go nuts, call them the 85 Bears if you want. But if they get steamrolled, <laughs> if they get steamrolled, if the Eagles come out and score, if they're like the Bengals last year, at the you know, when the Bengals scored on like their thir- first three or four possessions, like, I, I don't want to hear anything about this defense the whole rest of the season, you know, because they, they haven't proved anything. So, you know, that's the backdrop. I, you know, the Eagles, uh, they are awesome. I mean, they are. They're, they're, they have probably the best offensive line, probably the best defensive line in football. If you're a believer in that, including me, and I do, then you think that the Eagles will win this game, um, you know, pretty easily. They do have a new defense coordinator, Sean Desai. I watched his press conference today. I know people who know him, who think he's the real deal, who think he's smart as hell. You know, he definitely looks green to me. So we'll see, you know, how he does with the bullets are flying. Um, a lot of people in Philly think this is akin to, you know, remember when Matt Patricia left after the Eagles Super Bowl when they lost and he left to go to Detroit. And then the Patriots got Brian Flores and everybody, you know, felt better about that. And that turned out to be true. People in, with the Eagles think the same thing. They think that Jonathan Gannon, who got the Cardinals job after giving up a ton of points in the Super Bowl, going to Desai is similar to the Patriots going to Brian Flores. So something to keep an eye on. Um, new linebackers, Nicobe Dean, first-time starter at middle linebacker. I look for the Patriots to take advantage of him. Reed Blankenship at safety. They have uh, two new safeties. So, you know, right in the middle of the field, that's where I think the Patriots will will look to make a living. They'll do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of counteraction, traps, bubble screens, quick stuff, you know, just to survive this game and sort of make the Eagles tackle um, because they haven't done a whole lot this summer. Uh, and, and then, you know, defensively, you know, they're just going to have to match them physically and they're going to have to hold up in the back end against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and all that stuff. I think the Patriots will play a lot of zone this season, especially early split safety stuff. Just try to limit the big plays and tackle, take care of Hurts. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I just don't think the Patriots are ready for this game. And I don't think they're ready up front. Just looking at the reporters who are at practice right now on, on Wednesday, Devontae Parker, extremely limited. Looks like Cole Strange is limited. Looks like Awenu is limited in practice. You know, not not really good signs going into this game. You know, I think the Eagles, thanks to, if you can believe this, Nick, thanks to Matt Patricia being able to tell <laughs> Nick Sirianni. I mean, Matty P. It's not, yeah, it's not the intel on Mac Jones or anything. Like, who, who gives a crap? But Matt Patricia is the type of guy and, and a lot of these former Patriots assistants, they do well. Their offenses do well against Belichick because they, yeah. they can go to the coach and say, or Josh McDaniels, they'll be like, I know exactly what Bill's going to try to do. And I'm sure Sirianni went to Matt Patricia and be like, Matt, how, what's Nick going to try to, what's Bill going to try to do? What's he going to try to take away from us? And I think they've been working on that. I think they're going to have counters. I think the Eagles are going to get off to a fast start. I think the Patriots will make a game of it. But at the end of the day, I just think the Eagles have too much. And I, I don't have an exact score yet, but I think the Eagles easily cover the three and a half point spread. All right. So a little pushback on the defense. I would not burn them to the ground if they're not ultra successful this weekend, because I think they're still trying to figure out the free safety situation. I do think Christian Gonzalez is going to improve throughout the year. So I don't think the defensive 
you know, force that you see or don't see on Sunday is going to be indicative for the rest of the season. But I do think if you look at it and Hertz kills him with his legs and all that stuff, it's it's absolutely reason for concern. But I, I would not freak out just yet and say, oh, they're just not going to be a good defense. They're going to they're going to have to have some time here to figure some things out. So we'll see how that all works. Uh, ultimate test for the Patriots offensive line. That scares the crap out of me this weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people have told you that, oh, the Eagles led the league in sacks last year with 70. I don't know how many of those people told you that they led that statistic by 15. They had 15 more sacks than the team that was second, which were the Chiefs, with 55. So they not only had the most sacks in the league, they were in a different stratosphere last year when it comes to getting to the quarterback. And yes, Hargrave ended up going to San Francisco, but Jalen Carter is the new man in town, was seen as the best defensive tackle prospect. He is a giant human being with freak athleticism. He is absolutely no freaking joke. They were only number one in sacks. They were number two in pressures, and they were number two in pressure rate. So even if they don't get your quarterback down to the ground for a sack, they are breathing down his neck consistently. That is a huge concern. For the Patriots on Sunday, especially given what, you know, Greg just told you, Oweno looks limited, Strange looks limited, Calvin Anderson is coming back from sickness. Who, who's going to be the starting right tackle on Sunday? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, it might literally be Belichick drawing a name out of a hat by Friday of this week to figure out who's going to be his right tackle. Uh, offensive line, got to see what happens with those guys. Bill O'Brien, how is he going to approach this? I think he'll, we've talked about it, a lot of quick passing game, a lot of short stuff to try to open things up a little bit. How does Mac deal with the pressure if he's getting heat early on from that defensive line? Devontae Parker, after what I heard from Mike Reese yesterday and what Greg just said about the reports at Gillette today, I'm not feeling overly confident in Devontae Parker being able to make a difference on Sunday. Hopefully he shows up on Sunday and he looks like he's completely healthy and jumped out of bed. In the morning, we'll see. And I, I, I wonder about Zeke and Mondre. Again, I feel really good about those guys. Philadelphia's run defense was not the best last year. If there's one thing that you look defensively, aside from the new starting safeties that Greg mentioned, you look at that run defense and you weather if they're vulnerable there and whether or not you'll see an early dose of Stevenson and Zeke Elliott in the first quarter of this game to try to bring that physicality and downhill running at the Eagles and, and test the young rookie in the middle. We'll see that. And defensive questions, free safety, what's it look like? Who's playing back there? Does anybody screw up an assignment? How's the communication? Do, does somebody take a bad angle on a tackle and allow a huge play to develop uh, instead of, you know, stopping a 15-yard gain? Christian Gonzalez, a big, big challenge this week. What's going to happen with Jack Jones and John Jones? Is Jack starting on the outside? We'll see. Can Christian Barmore show up and, and, and show out? like we hope that he would the rookies Keon white. How much does he play? Does he make a difference early against this really good offensive line of Philadelphia and Marte Mapu? What the hell is he? What is he going to do? Where is he going to play multiple spots? Is he going to make an impact? Lots of questions. I'll take the Eagles minus the three and a half. I'll go over the 45. They're just a better football team. I, 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 I'm not necessarily telling you they're going to run away with it. It's going to be a smoke show. Could be things go badly. But I like the Eagles minus three and a half in this spot. All right. A couple things. You want to check Greg out over at BSJ, 50 bucks for the year. If you haven't heard, uh, Greg Bedard uh, brought in a new tag team partner. 
And me being a wrestling fan, if you could see the championship belt behind me that has my name and nickname on it, it's right there between the uh, what's your the beer cans. Uh, it, well, when I was younger, it used to be Hollywood because I was oh. I was the Jack Jones of of All Star and AAU I, baseball when I, I was younger. See, I could definitely see that. <laughs> There's no explanation needed. <laughs> Had a little swag to me, but the, so I'm a wrestling fan. If you haven't heard, uh, Bedard has brought in Mike Giardi, who I don't think likes me, but that's fine. He is really good at what he does. And you've got Bedard and Giardi, tag team champions of the world on Patriots coverage happening at BSJ. Check them out. And also, if you don't hate me, I'm starting a new show on Monday. It's the Nick Cattle Show on YouTube. Yes, a podcast will be available. It's going to be every day at 3 o'clock. We're going to release it Monday through Friday. I'll do breaking news stuff as well. And uh, that's happening. So check it out. I'll have a link up at uh, Twitter soon enough. I'm tweaking some things so once those things are tweaked hopefully by tomorrow i will have a link a youtube link for everybody but uh look i'm not gonna sit here and sell you on it if you want to listen to it 30 minutes a day hopefully you like it uh but but i do hope that everybody listening to this gives me at least a shot and if you want to follow me on twitter it's at nick c radio and uh my goal really is just to force greg bedard to hire me full-time at bsj but i do know that mike giardi makes a lot of money so that might not happen Hopefully all of you enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully we have something to at least enjoy on Sunday, even if it's not a win, a good competitive football game. I do think will tell us a lot about this Patriots team. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by FanDuel. Our friends, don't forget about them. The exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS media network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers can now receive 200 bucks and free bonus butts with a $5 bet. Uh, and plus, all customers bet 5 bucks, you receive 100 bucks off NFL Sunday ticket via YouTube and YouTube TV. The NFL Sunday ticket offer ends on September 18th. So you got 12 more days to take advantage of that. I've got YouTube uh, Sunday ticket ready to go. My plan is to have six games up in the 1 o'clock window on Sunday because uh, I'm a maniac, so that will be good. Uh, but that's all I got to say. And Greg, he's right. Again, BSJ, uh, we will, of course, be back early next week to recap this game. Hopefully, again, it was a good competitive game. Till then, be good, be safe, be healthy. And let's see what this team does in 2023.